0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
1: Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH, and also 96.5 TIC. This week on Face Connecticut, I'm going to be talking with Liani Arroyo. She's the outgoing director of health for the city of Hartford's health department. Liani, good morning, and thanks for the time this morning. I really appreciate it.
0: Good morning, and thank you for having
1: me. Well, you know, Liani, you've had a great run in Hartford, and I've got to ask, in general, how long have you been involved in public health?
0: Uh, this year will be 23 years that I completed my master's in public health and started working full-time in the field.
1: That's incredible. What led you to Hartford specifically?
0: Well I'm a Connecticut native born and raised in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, my family's still there. My brother and I are actually the only two that actually left for an extended period of time and both of us had made, have made our way back and so when I met the mayor I was just very impressed with what he wanted to do and the care and the passion that he had for making Hartford a better place. And so when he approached me about this opportunity, um, initially I uh, did not come, (laughs) but we kept in contact. And when the opening came up again, he reached back out and I said, lightning doesn't strike twice, or maybe it does, I guess in this instance. And I decided that this was the right time to come up. And so I was lucky lucky to be afforded the opportunity a second time to say yes and to come up to Hartford and in many ways come back home.
1: Can you remind listeners exactly when that was?
0: So I started uh, at the Hartford Health and Human Services Department on December 4th, 2017.
1: When you started, and that seems like a lifetime ago, and it wasn't even that long ago, but you know it's been a while, When you started, what were the original goals, the initial goals that you set out for the city of Hartford? Obviously, COVID changed all of that, but without thinking about COVID, what were those original goals you had for Hartford's health?
0: So the mayor was very clear with me the first time that I met him that there were three things that he had an interest in, and um, the top two were opioid use so he knew and he saw that wave that was coming that we were sort of in the midst of. He, he uh, was very concerned about that. So that was at the top of his list. The other area that he expressed to me was about teen and unplanned pregnancies among young people. He was very well versed on the challenges that happen to young people and young women and, and also the men that are involved um, in teen pregnancies and unplanned pregnancies the impact that that can have on someone's educational trajectory, professional trajectory as they're just starting out. And so that was something that was at high at the top of his list as well. And then the other one was rodents. Uh, we're an urban environment. Rodents are an issue. And when I talk about rodents, I'm talking about sort of exterior um, rats, really, not mice, but rats. And so that was something that he shared with me. And I was like, wow, that's. he was very clear on, on what he was thinking and, and what he wanted the health department to, to tackle, and that was the same exact thing that now COO Villa Montañez, who, who was his chief of staff at the, time, at the time, also shared with me. So I appreciated the fact that there was alignment. Um, uh, in, in theory, there always should be, but sometimes that's not the case, but there was alignment in that vision for the city and what, they, what he and the t- leadership team that he had compiled and brought together um, wanted to get done in the city. So that was what he shared with me.
1: How did you get started implementing plans to address those problems and those situations in Hartford, be it opioid addiction, teen pregnancy, obesity, anything else, rodents, as you mentioned? How did you guys start to collaborate and figure out how you're going to tackle this in the earliest time as your director of City of Hartford's Health and Human Services Department?
0: So I will say the city is very lucky to be served by amazing civil servants. And so I walked into a department that had some really fantastic people already starting to work on some of these issues. And what they needed was uh, a leader to help them advocate for that, help them think through new and different possibilities. And so I walked into a department that already had individuals with ideas and thoughts and the passion to address these issues. And so what we did was we looked at what was already happening. Um, we worked together to do research on what was happening in other parts of the country that made sense, that, were, that had similarities to Hartford or maybe weren't similar to Hartford, but that had things that they were doing that we could bring to Hartford. And then we started looking for funding mechanisms to be able to do that work here. And so, uh, you know, rodents being one example, I knew that that was a, a quality of life issue And that is what people see. You don't always see all the things that public health does behind the scenes, but you do see rodents and and they're a nuisance and they're a bother. And so myself and the manager of our environmental health unit sat down and we looked at stuff and came across the New York City Rodent Academy and we were able to send her and she went and she came back with some new ideas that we're actually using in the city now. Um, And as we started doing that, it then became, well, we need more staff to work in this unit. And so we went from one rodent inspector to three rodent inspectors. And, uh, you know, hiring has been tough for many industries, including municipal government. And then we finally have the positions awfully filled for like the last six months or so. So now we're really making headway into that issue. It took a little while, but the plans and the ideas and the passion for addressing the issue were there. And what we did was really work on finding new and innovative ways to do that.
1: And other than hiring additional staff to work in that unit to address rodents, what other steps did your leadership take and your team take to address rodents in the city of Hartford? Any specifics?
0: Sure. So, you know, one of the great things in in having sent someone out to the New York City Rodent Academy, is New York City, we know that they have a rodent problem. No one had ever gone before. So, Step one was getting someone out there, which is uh, something that we did once I arrived. Step two was bringing that information back and seeing what was possible to bring to, to do here. And one of the big things that came out of that was a new way to control the rodent population, which was basically using rodent birth control. And so that came back, and very quickly, within about a year of that, we were able to start that program here. Oh, I'm sorry. It was about two years after that we started the program. The first thing we actually started using um, was the use of dry ice in burrows, which is something that hadn't been done, which gave us the flexibility to um, attack the rodent problem in areas where there were um, other, other animals that could be harmed by the use of pesticides and, and uh, that sort of stuff. So we were able to bring something else new into the arsenal using the dry ice. It basically suffocates them and things like that in their burrow. And then from there, we also learned about the rodent birth control, and we were able to bring that on later on. So we're using these new tools as part of the work that we're doing. And then we continue to learn. And now we're bringing a a new thing online in the um, upcoming fiscal year, uh, more rodent traps that, um, you know, rodent traps and and bait boxes had been used in the past quite a bit, but they're labor intensive. And in a city as large as Hartford, it can be challenging to continue to do that. So we're now going to be investing in um, Bluetooth enabled uh, rodent traps that, when they're triggered and there's a rodent in them, we know uh, and we get a uh, an alert via the phone and then are able to go out there and take care and dispose of the rodent and rather than having to go check all of the burrows all of the time. Now we're going to use technology to help us with that.
1: When you mentioned opioid addiction, that was something on my list I wanted to discuss. And of course, there are other drugs and drug issues that we could talk about. But just focusing on opioids at this time, in the last five years, there have been so many changes, not just in Hartford, not just in Connecticut, but across the country as far as opioids are concerned. What changes have you seen in addressing the opioid challenges and crises going on um, in Hartford specifically?
0: Well, I think there's much more of a whole of community approach and there's a much more awareness, I would say, at the state and, and national level. So that's happened over like the last 10 years. I think the last five years has, has um, it has increased even more. Uh, you know, unfortunately, cities like Hartford and other urban areas, you know, in, in, including Bridgeport and New Haven and other areas in the state, we've been dealing with the opioid epidemic for decades. This wasn't something that was new to us. What was new was how people were becoming um, exposed to opioids, the, the strength of the opioids, the introduction, obviously, of fentanyl into the, the drug supply, making a big impact. Um, and so for us, the, the resources that came through as a recognition of that this was just not an urban inner city environment issue, that this was attacking rural America, it was attacking uh, suburban America. What that did was bring more resources to bear and more attention to the issue. And it wasn't just that's a them issue. It's now an us issue. And it's it's still not always fully seen as an us issue by everyone, but more and more people are now um, exposed to this issue, are affected by this issue, and that has brought resources. And so in my time here, we've been able to increase the level of resources through grants, um, we've been able to bring together partners across the city, uh, using our role as a convener uh, to bring, uh, bring together the partners in the city to share research, share information, share what they're seeing on the ground, and then being able to take that directly from these meetings where we're talking about this is what we're seeing in my part of town, this is what we're seeing in, in my part of town, or this is what's being seen in other parts of the state. Uh, so now we can take that information and our partners can use that Um, more effectively rather than not sharing information so I think information sharing has been a big change I would also say that a recognition I think stigma still exists but a recognition that stigma is a barrier to addressing this issue and so more organizations are getting involved in this issue so lots of work has been done in the city of Hartford through the partnerships that we have with churches um, and trying to bring churches to understand and provide information. So things like that, um, the more widespread availability of Narcan training is a huge is a huge change from when I first came on board. So those are the things, I think, that have created attention. But as you know, um, this is an ever-changing uh, epidemic. It started out as heroin in the inner cities and pills in rural and suburban areas. The pills really kind of took over. Um, then the crackdown on Oxycontin and its analogs, and then fentanyl came into, the, came, into, came into play. And when I first got here, fentanyl was not a major player. Now it's, we find it in everything. And so that's a big change. So we have to constantly be innovative, thinking ahead, um, and what's coming next. And so now it's fentanyl and xylazine. So we're talking about that. And we've been talking about that even before it hit the papers because we had a, such a great team that had been talking to other folks across uh, across the country our partners talk to folks across the country and the national uh, connections that they have and we here in the city conversations amongst different groups about xylazine had started years ago um, and now we're seeing it come in and that work is happening and how do we address that and do a better job of making sure that we can keep people safe until they're ready to seek treatment.
1: Leonie Arroyo is the outgoing director of health for the Hartford City Health and Human Services Department. Leonie, still talking about opioids. Um, when we were talking recently with Middletown's health director, he was talking about how the city is reevaluating its relationship with area hospitals as well as um, also different community groups in Middletown and Middletown public schools and other schools that are in that area. So what room for growth has to happen in Hartford to increase awareness and also response efforts to opioid, the opioid crisis and the opioid epidemic, um, and how will Narcan, particularly being made available and FDA-approved for common everyday places and stores to the average person, change perhaps the city's response going into the future?
0: So I mean, that's that's a really really great question, and a lot and a lot of pieces wrapped up into that. So when I think about what more needs to be done, or or what can we do, we have a lot of focus on the harm reduction piece, which is we we, we need to have that. We have a lot of people who have opioid use disorder, substance use disorder, who are in need of being kept alive until they feel until they get to a point where they can accept treatment and, and go in for treatment. And so we ne- definitely need to continue that and expand that, that work. The other piece, I think, is the role of prevention. How do we infuse a prevention message in t- for our young people? And that, I believe, really needs um, adults, trusted adults, for young people to become more informed about this issue, to lessen the stigma around talking about this issue in families... Um, and in communities, including schools, um, and then creating a, a safe space where young people can feel, if I have an issue like this, I can speak to an adult without, without uh, fear of being stigmatized, without fear of not being heard, so that these prevention messages um, can, and this prevention work can happen. And that's really a whole of community. It has to happen in schools. It has to happen in our faith communities. It has to happen in the community at large, um, and and that's the work I think we need to do some more, some more digging in, and, and some more um, uh, some more thinking about to make sure that that message gets out. You know, Narcan obviously is a part of a, the harm reduction strategy that many communities, including the city of Hartford, has adopted. We uh, work very closely with community groups that are doing Narcan trainings across the community. We fund and have funded different groups to increase the number of Narcan trainings they're doing in the community. Uh, and I think the widespread availability of Narcan is, is a good thing, but Narcan needs to be in the hands of the right people. Um, those are individuals that um, have loved ones or family members or people that they know in their lives that have opioid use disorder. Um, just having Narcan in everyone's hand uh, is, is a little challenging, right? It's <laughs> you don't want to cause a shortage of something, uh, but at the same time, you want to make sure that it is easily available for those that that need it, um, including those who may suffer for substance use disorder, people that love them, the people that love them in their lives, and then other people who may be um, running in communities or working in communities where this is an issue. So I think you need to sort of temper that Narcan's not going to magically save everything because it has to be in the hands of the right people. So that's something important to remember.
1: Leonie, let's shift the conversation a little bit because we could talk about that issue and some others, but I do want to certainly get to COVID. And my first question is, if you look back on the last three years and your involvement in Hartford's Health and Human Services Department, how have you and how has your team learned from the COVID pandemic?
0: the biggest lesson that we have taken from this pandemic is that the health department has a trusted role in the community far more i think than we even realize as a health department and and let me explain that a little bit when covid testing happened it was, uh, was coming into you know coming into play and there was more widespread testing we noticed very quickly in the data that not many Hartford residents were getting tested. We had multiple testing sites in the city, but our folks weren't getting tested. And yet we were one of the communities that was most highly impacted by COVID. And so as a health department, we very quickly took that on, working with the mayor's office and under his leadership, um, working him going to the hospitals and us providing the data to support what he was saying, talking to our partners, uh, our federally qualified community health centers, our hospital systems and saying, hey, we need, to, we need to be testing Hartford people. We need to make sure that our residents here have access to these world-class facilities that we have here. And so that was a role that we played as a department, and then we immediately saw the changes that happened, more, more testing sites more access for our residents, the ability for people to walk up to testing sites rather than having to do drive-throughs. Those were things that made a difference, and people recognized the role of the mayor's office and of the health department in making that happen. And that definitely engendered more trust uh, with the community. And so what we've learned from that, we took that lesson to COVID vaccines as well, doing the same thing when uh, our elderly population Uh, was uh, in line to be vaccinated. We saw that they were not getting vaccinated at the rates they should have been getting vaccinated. And so we immediately did the same thing, working with our mayor and our partners to increase the number of vaccine sites in neighborhoods to make it easy for people to get there, to also um, make it easier for people to get an appointment. I'm not sure if you recall, initially everything was on a computer, so you needed to speak English or know how to read English, needed to have a computer or some sort of tablet, you needed to have an email address, Um, you needed to be quick, be up early, had a job that would allow you to do that or had someone who had a job to allow you to do that if you're elderly. And so we realized that that wasn't working for our community members. And again, we quickly shifted and were able to set up a hotline, get some folks on staff to pick up those calls, send people out into the community to make appointments. Um, And partner with our hospital systems and our uh, federally qualified community health uh, centers to be more flexible in how they were also taking appointments to be sure that we were serving Hartford. And that level of trust, uh, we're taking that level of trust and and incorporating it into all of our work now. Uh, So we're doing a lot more work in the community, going out into the community. Um, rather than waiting for people to come to us, which is, you know, something that oftentimes public health falls into, people can come to the health department to get the education and to get the services. And we're now taking these lessons from COVID over the last three years of going out into the community. We always know it's better, but we, we haven't, haven't done it in a while from, from what I saw from my team. Uh, and so we did that, and now we're going to continue to do that work and continue to serve as a tr- source of trusted information to the community. And if you look at, the, there was a survey that was done by Data Haven. That Data Haven survey showed that the, the, uh, one of the most highly trusted groups for community members in the state of Connecticut was local health. And I think that was a testament to the work that not only the Hartford Health Department, Health and Human Services Department did, but the work that many of our local health departments did across the state to bring vaccines to those most in need.
1: Leonie, I'm thinking back to that time, 2020 and 2021 especially, it was around the clock, right? Everybody who worked in public health was working at all hours of the day trying to come up with some kind of solution to some kind of problem related to covid Okay, and it doesn't matter what level you were on. If you were in healthcare, you were dealing with it. And I remember talking with people again around the clock during that whole situation. At any point in time, did that stress get to you?
0: It took a while <laughs> for it to get to me. Um, of course, there there it was stressful. Of, of course, it, it gets to you. But there wasn't another option. I didn't think there was another option but to figure out how to get the work done. That's that's what we do in public health. We figure out how to get the work done. And so as someone who was serving the city of Hartford, who came from Bridgeport, a community very much like Hartford, um, high number of Black and Latino populations, uh, high levels of poverty, as someone who grew up working class... um, I knew the importance of getting this getting getting it done and getting it done right. And if we weren't doing it right, making sure that we fixed it and got it done correctly, I knew the importance of that because to me what I saw was my family. I saw my family. And so there was no option but to get it done. And so of course the stress gets to you. Uh, but you find ways to channel that, you find ways to, to um, put it to the side, and that's not always the healthiest thing to do. I think uh, there's lots of talk about the trauma and, and the, the, the um, impact of COVID on the healthcare system. There's a lot less talk about the trauma and the impact on the public health system, because they are two different systems and the number of people who have left public health, and the lack of investment in public health. So I think that's something that's not talked about as much, but it's something that many of us in this field acutely feel.
1: Liani, unfortunately we're running out of time, and I'd love to pick your brain some more on not only COVID but other topics. But real quick, what's up next for you, and what would you personally like to see out of the next Director of Health in Hartford?
0: So what's up next for me is I've accepted a role at Charter Oak Health Center. They're federally qualified community health center here in the city of Hartford, Hartford located in the Frog Hollow community, a primarily Latino community. I will be the executive vice president, chief operating officer there, um, under the leadership of CEO Nichelle Mullins, and I'm excited to work with her and learn from her and excited to work with a great team. They were a fantastic partner with us during COVID, as were the hospitals and the other FQHCs in the city. And uh, so I'll be there. And in terms of what I would like to see from the next health director, uh, obviously a continuation of the amazing work that that is happening every day in this department. Uh, I will say support of the staff and the, the to not be afraid to be innovative and to take risks. This is a, a job where you need to take some risks sometimes and uh, be okay, and be okay with, uh, with failing but picking yourself up really quickly and coming up with another way to attack the issue.
1: Leonie, I really appreciate your time, not just this morning but also in all the other times that we've communicated over the last number of years, and congratulations again to you. Thank you so much. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio.
0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.